0: Welcome back to A Minor Detail. We've been in absentia for, I don't know, two weeks, Eric. I don't know. We've been sick. We were tired. We didn't feel like doing the show, but that's all right. We're (laughs) We're old. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, we're old. We have lives, and we're just fucking tired. Oh, by the way, (laughs) I shouldn't say that word because um, I was on somebody's Facebook page a couple of days ago. And uh, this was last Sunday, and somebody – I cursed. I said a bad word on Hagerstown Mayor Bob Rucci's Facebook page, and Bob is no stranger to cursing. I mean we're we're sailor mouths, um, and it's okay. I mean I don't mind it, but somebody said, Ryan Miner, I thought you were way more intelligent than that. And I just wanted – and I said to her, you know, ma'am, I appreciate that. I'm sorry if I – my curse word offended you, but let me tell you that there is multiple study." after study, after study, that shows people who curse are often smarter and more intelligent and well-read than people who do not curse. I just want to point that yes. out.
1: It, no, it's actually completely true. They, they've, they've proven that.
0: Don't be anti-science by making untrue statements, people. Anti-science.
1: Anti-science.
0: Yes. Anti-science, Eric Beasley. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying, if you're going to sit there and say that you know people that curse are... You know, whatever. Well, the science says differently. It's settled science. So, you know, deal with it. You know, if you're going to sit around and say, well, that's thoughtless and uncivil because somebody uses Uh the F word every once in a while, then, uh, you know, bite me.
0: Yeah. I mean, Eric, you've I mean, you were deployed in Iraq. Um, It would be uncommon if someone (laughs) didn't use the F word on a daily basis.
1: Well, yeah, it's great. It's a noun, verb, adjective, and adverb. You can use it in yeah. any
0: way that you feel like. So, you know, sometimes
1: you just need a dang word, and, uh, you know, it's nice to have something generic. It's kind of like dude.
0: Yeah, dude. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, in the last couple of weeks, what do we, um, you know, between national and local politics, Trump is tweeting crazy things about uh, his predecessor wiretapping him and, uh, you know, without any. Substantive evidence, and he's you know, pushing through a health care plan that's now being dubbed as Trump Care, which I think is an appropriate name. And like the only person that is rooting for this plan is seemingly Paul Ryan, which is funny because, you know, if Paul Ryan wasn't the Speaker of the House, I can guarantee you Paul Ryan, as, you know, the intellectual darling of the conservative intellectia, would be blasting this bill from the back of the House chamber saying, no, please don't do this. This is ridiculous. This is truly, as Rand Paul has come out and said, obamacare light. This, this bill is horrible, yeah. Eric, and we'll get into that. You know, and I, it, my, my, yeah. my
1: favorite comment about it, period, was uh, Charles tweeted out that it was terrible, that the, the health care plan was terrible, and somebody, said, somebody replied and said, maybe you should try reading some conservative news sources to find out like, why this is so good. <laughs> and then his response was, I'm the editor of the National Review.
0: Yeah, he's like, yeah, I saw that tweet. That was great, and it was it was so on point. Um, But you know, the world is after day fifty of a Trump presidency and nine rounds of golf. I mean, here's a guy who blasted the former president for taking to the golf course and playing golf. But at least you can say for Trump, in Trump's case, he's playing golf on his own course. So
1: yeah, yeah, I I guess there's that.
0: I mean, there is that, (laughs) but. Uh, You know, the the whole thing with Jeff Sessions, I mean, Jeff Sessions, this whole thing has, in the last two weeks, has just blown up. Um, You know, I don't know if you can make a case that Jeff Sessions knowingly perjured himself under oath when he said he did not meet with the Russians. Um, But who knows? Who knows with this administration? It's – we live in really strange times, but we – have an opportunity to take to blog talk radio and cover these great topics. Um, and nobody you know, else I'll, is going to quite you, Ryan,
1: the, the whole, yeah, the whole Jeff Sessions thing. I think people are just, they, everybody just wants something to complain about. I mean, honestly, like I told, like I, I've said many times when I heard the question that was asked to me, that was a question of in your duties as being on the campaign. Did you talk to yeah. the Russians? And the answer obviously is no. Um, I have no problem with that answer. I mean, it's, it's kind of like it, – see, it, it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. If he, if he turned around and said, oh, yeah, well, as a, as a senator, mm-hmm. I was supposed to meet with the Russian ambassador, and I didn't do it, then the, you know, the raw story would be saying that he, he failed his job as a, as a senator. So it's like it's, mm-hmm. it's a lose-lose situation. Every single Trump nominee is going to come under some sort of scrutiny. Hell, even General Mattis came under scrutiny for crying out loud. OK? But not as – General Mattis.
0: <laughs> he came under – minimal scrutiny, but I have to tell you that um, you know, when okay. With with Sessions, whether he met with the Russians or didn't meet with the Russians, apparently he did, and he met with the Russian ambassador, this Sergei Kislyak. Um and the only reason why I remember this guy's name is because I've heard it repeated like thousands of times in the past two weeks on um, every cable news station, and the Jeff Sessions SNL skit where Kat McKenna said uh, in Jeff Sessions' deep southern Alabama accent that she'll always re- – as Jeff Sessions' character, that she'll always remember uh, the name with gay kiss in it, which was really funny. Um, anyway, this this guy apparently met Jeff Sessions at the Republican National Convention, which begs the question, why is Jeff Sessions meeting with the Russian ambassador – or a Russian official at the Republican National Convention. And as somebody who is under oath, I mean, wouldn't you think, Eric, that they really would remember that you met not only once in your senatorial office, um, but then again at the Republican National Convention? I don't necessarily think that there's a a massive, massive scandal, as some people on the left and the right have tried to make this but I think yeah. that Jeff Sessions has a pretty bad memory. I think he has a really bad memory.
1: Well, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't doubt that. But I mean, this whole like, look, we we've talked about this many times, okay? This whole like the Russians hacked the election or Russian influence, all this other stuff. This is just more the sky is falling. Like, you know, look, if 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 Trump went to dinner and with his well done steak and ketchup ordered like, yeah. you know, Russian salad dressing, they would say that he was a, an undercover agent to undermine the US and that, the, you know, only Russians eat Russian salad dressing or some crap. I mean, it's just it's it's kind to of the point where I just honestly, I just ignore it because I just don't even I don't even with all this stuff. I mean, look, you said it 50 days. Dude's been yeah. in office 50 days. Okay, quite frankly, nothing's really happened in 50 days. Okay, we haven't really seen no no big policies have been like voted on, debated. I mean, he's still getting through cabinet nominees for crying out loud. I mean,
0: honestly, which is average. I'd rather... This is an average, you know, presidential. Yeah. New, new, newly sworn in presidents, um, inaugurated presidents, uh, they make their speech before a joint session. They lay out their vision, which I I want to commend. Donald Trump for making a great speech and staying on cue and avoiding his uh, instincts to go off script. And he did a job that was commendable. Um, you know, what was it two weeks ago when he made a, the speech before the joint session of Congress? I thought that was yeah, well actually, done.
1: At least that I even watched it. Cause we wanted to see if he was going to say anything stupid, but I think, mm-hmm. I, I still think the whole speech was just a 100% troll. Okay.
0: Mm,
1: he knew okay. that it would, it would freak people out more that he was acting presidential than if he went up there and acted like he normally does. So he went up there to act presidential to troll everybody. Okay? Because everybody's expecting like, you know, the crazy rhetoric and he just went up there and acted like he was president. So that's why it was a giant troll.
0: Okay. I mean, sure, that's one that's one scenario and I think you could you you've made the case for that. However, I don't I, I don't think Trump is that smart um as people give him credit. I mean, I God bless her. I love Cindy Rose to death, and the day after Trump made the speech, it was on a Wednesday, Cindy Rose was on her Facebook page, and this is fine. I, I just don't share her opinion that every that Trump is much more cunning and smart than people give him credit for. No, I, I really don't think this guy really is that smart. Otherwise, there's well, no big reveal. There's there's just no big reveal with this guy. He's if This is a day-to-day guy that lives, eats, and breathes on – Cable news and social media, he has select people whispering into his ear about things to say, and then if something strikes his fancy, he goes out and says it. Um, and yeah, there's But, just but not- Ryan, Ryan, Ryan,
1: who's one of those people whispering in his ear? It's this dude named David Bossy.
0: Yeah, I, I. you know what? I like David Bossy, but I hate to say it. I, I, okay, they won. Great. They won, all right? They also competed against Hillary Clinton, which is – by and large, the worst democratic candidate ever. And I just want to say that this big thing, oh God, okay, they won the Trump campaign. They won Michigan and Wisconsin. They showed up to these places. i don't I still don't think that they have this grand strategy that was that impressive. I mean, David Bossy is a guy that's been doing politics for a long time. I'm not disparaging him, but I don't think he's this brilliant political tactician like Lee Atwater is. But that's just me. i I don't I, and and it's not because I'm anti Trump it's just because i don't think that they are I, I don't think kelly and conway coming in at the last minute and and attempting or trying to at least handle trump was anything that radical but maybe i'm wrong i i am i have you know, been a lot <laughs>
1: I mean, well, like, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's it's only been 50 days, and like everybody's freaking out. You know, like the like the steak and ketchup thing. I mean, like seriously, like talk about slow talk news, about. Day, news days for crying out loud. I mean, I mean but it's, talk just, about. it's just stuff like that. Yeah, but it's it's just the it's the overreaction from from both sides, from the, the I guess the the never Trump people, and from the left, and from you know, like let's just. Let the dude get his cabinet secretaries in and actually start, like, really running the country, and then let's go check our 401Ks in a year and see yeah. what I they mean, look like. I mean, but I, fair I to was having this conversation run. I was having this conversation with somebody this week, and I said, you know, since since the election, my retirement accounts have gone up
0: 10%. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, listen, There's there's no doubt that whatever has happened after the election, the market has been great. We've been hitting skyrocket numbers. Um, in fact, I have a colleague at work who is, I would say for lack of a better word, um, an an expert on market affairs. And we, we've talked about this um, on, on a cursory level, but I, I'd still say that um, the markets are doing exceptionally well at this point, and we just had a promising jobs report. However, remember when Donald Trump said back last fall that the numbers are – heavily weighted and, you know, they're fake numbers. How come that same standard doesn't apply to his own job numbers? I mean, come on. That's just so Brian no, it, it's not
1: that it doesn't apply okay it's that what does the average person who doesn't pay attention to politics see coming out of d c the person who doesn't watch fox doesn't watch cable news every single night. the person who doesn't listen to talk radio they what they see oh. is they go on to log on to their bank they look at they look to see what their their roth their IRAs are doing, and they notice them that they keep getting bigger and bigger, and so mm-hmm. that, so it doesn't matter what I mean, the same thing ha- happened when Obama was elected. I mean, you know, basically it's 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 counting on the fact that people don't follow every single policy and law that's out there. They like to see a tangible result. And if they have a job and they get a pay raise and their company's hiring and their 401K increases in value, then they just assume that, well, the economy is doing good. Now, of course, you and I, we could talk for two hours sure. about how, you know, the, the, the phony money fed and gold standard and all that kind of stuff. But the... The thing is is mo- that's not what people see. What people see is just numbers on a screen, and when those numbers go up, they like it. When they go down, they get mad.
0: Well, if you're listening to this show and then that will be subsequently turned into a podcast, and you can find us on the web at a minor detail dot com, blog talk radio dot com slash a minor detail. By the way, Eric, we're also on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Um you oh, did, we are I sweet. think you Yeah. So People – I've seen people have listened and – look, we engineer ourselves primarily towards a Maryland, Western Maryland – we have a geographical range that we primarily cover. But I'm really thinking that we turn – as we progress in our shows and we make it interesting, um, we talk a lot about liberty issues on our show. We are – I would say we are solid voices in Maryland politics um, on the libertarian side. And people listen, and that's great, and hopefully we'll keep going. Um, But as I wanted to say, um, when you think about inflation, when people – when you have to print more money, the federal government has this natural propensity to want to spend that said money, um, which then leads to all kinds of economic problems. And we could talk about Ron Paul economics all night, and people would say, I have no idea or no interest in talking about this. Which is really the problem because if we really spent more time talking about economics and educating the general populace about basic economic concepts, then I think people would pay more attention to um, what the debt, debt and deficit ceiling, you know, the debt ceiling really means and how it affects us um, as as individual Maybe they American stop citizens.
1: debt deficit, like I'd just no, be yeah. happy with that.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and and that's sure. And if we talked about fiat money. And if we talked about what the gold standard is versus the – you know, this massive inflation rate that we have, and we talk about how government should have never, ever, ever inserted itself into healthcare, but we progressively let ourselves get involved. And I listened to – look, I was, I was on the treadmill tonight listening to Ron Paul's Liberty podcast that he releases Monday through Friday. It's a, and if you don't listen to it, listen to um, the Liberty Report by Ron Paul um and it's just Ron Paul who he is my hero intellectual hero agree or disagree he stood for something and he he should have been president of the United States i love the man um he's a hero to so many anyway he does this daily podcast it's about 20 minutes long and he he often talks about various liberty issues i don't know eric do you listen to it do you subscribe
1: no, I I read the articles. I don't honestly. Oh, okay. I don't. I prefer to. I, I I'm much more of a reading type person. Like okay, because uh, I, I prefer to just listen to music whenever I'm like working, driving, all that yeah. type of stuff. You can guess that it's a bunch of like, um, most people would call it noise. <laughs> I don't know what that <laughs> but, means. But uh, it's a I I you know a bunch of hard rock heavy metal.
0: Well, I like hard rock. rock.
1: <laughs> well. Listen, I, I was talking to Sydney Rose about this a few days ago, and she characterized my music as a bunch of like noise, you know, you dang dang kids and all that kind of stuff. But
0: uh yeah, but, so, no, I, I
1: read all of this stuff.
0: That's and, well, Ron
1: Paul's he a lot of the subjects that he talks about on his podcast, he also writes about, and I'm just kind of a,
0: a reader. I go back and watch old Ron Paul debate uh, clips from 2008 and 12, and I'm sitting there watching Congressman Paul. And the rest of the Republican field, you know, Romney, Newt, every, you know, like every Republican ever out there who ran for president, and you you juxtapose that with with Congressman Paul, and you just look at it and you're like, how how did this man lose? How did he possibly lose? And I think it's because people either a we we haven't sold libertarianism as a mainstream political philosophy, b people don't quite understand what Rod Paul was talking about, and C, Ron Paul was not the right messenger. And I think it's I, – I don't know if it's C because it's hard to overlook Ron Paul because he's not a dynamic speaker, but his message and what he um, advocates for is in, in line with my developed political philosophy, and I think yours too.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a diehard like Ron Paul acolyte or anything, but I, you know, it's the 80% rule.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would call myself a diehard Ron Paulite, but I digress. Anyway, we got to get on to some topics. Um, Eric and I often get off in these tangents, and um, we have a lot of fun to- – I mean, really, we shouldn't even have a an agenda. We should just say, okay, Eric, uh, what shit do we want to talk about today? <laughs> yeah. let's, just,
1: let's just pick a time and how much alcohol we drink while we're doing the show, yeah. and
0: then just kind of go Perfect. until the timer yeah, runs out. We're not driving. We're at home. And by the way, Eric, I have yeah. to commend you this evening on your like your amazing connection. You have a great connection tonight.
1: Oh, good, finally. It's I'm I'm still talking on my damn phone. I seriously, I don't know what is up with Skype on my computer. I just like Yeah, I'm going to send that. them a very tersely worded email.
0: Oh, do you think they'll respond? I doubt it. Oh, okay. All right, so it, it's yeah. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: Women's Day, International Women's Day.
0: All right. So, so I was up. In, I was up in a tizzy this past week about this Women's Day thing, and then, like my entire Facebook page, Eric gets in these fights. I mean, like, sixty long thread, uh, just one after another all day Wednesday, Thursday, and anyway, this past Wednesday was it March eighth? Yeah, March the eighth was. Described as International Women's Day. Okay, fine. I can buy into that. We we celebrate women who are most important to us and to our culture and our society. So on Wednesday morning, I put out a photographs of my uh, of Kim, of Paige, uh, my mother and grandmother. So okay, right. So the the women who are most important to me. Um, so <laughs> the day before this thing went down, there was an article um, that came out that said, okay, so all these women that are, that are teachers in what Alexandria Public Schools decided to put in for a request to take off, and, which consequently resulted in the school system closing down, right? Um, which that was to me saying, first of all, how selfish are you? Number one. And number two, um, now that we have a day without women as they were describing it, now we have a day without education, which matters the most. So our kids should be in school, right, Eric?
1: Yeah, you would think that like one of the worst performing counties in the country, you know, PG mm-hmm. County, would have taken that approach.
0: Yeah. And I think we have somebody we have our good yeah, friend of our speaking show, of PG large, County. Yeah, Laura, you're calling in. You're you're in PG County.
2: Yes, I live in PG County.
0: Yeah, so Laura, you're a woman, as we all know, and one did who you just is... assume her gender? Yes, I did. So <laughs> here's another minor detail article. <laughs> I'm sorry, your your effeminate voice gave it away. So I okay, Laura, the woman calling in now. Um, your your son is how old?
2: He's uh, nine and a half in fourth grade.
0: Okay, so he's nine and a half in fourth grade. And what I I don't care what school he goes to, but he goes to a school in PG County. Is that correct? Yes. So on Wednesday, did you celebrate International Women's Day?
2: I did actually in my own special way.
0: Yeah. What'd you do?
2: Yeah. So. Um, I stopped and picked up breakfast for my female coworker and myself and we sat down and we did, we, we basically did what, you know, all women do. We gorged ourselves on carbs cause it was like bagel sandwiches. So we gorged ourselves on carbs and uh, chatted about boys <laughs> for breakfast. <laughs> and then at lunchtime we went to a yoga class and you know, like, exercised and told ourselves how much we loved ourselves. And in between all of this, we actually got work done.
0: Yeah.
2: Surprise, surprise. Like, we were actually productive.
0: All right. So PG County canceled their schools, uh, canceled school that day because um, so many teachers uh, who are also, I assume, happen to be female. I mean, you you can take, uh, assumingly, maybe some male teachers – took off that day to uh, to celebrate International Women's Day. But there was an influx of teachers who all requested to take off, um, and I presume used their paid time off or paid leave or w- whatever they have. And it, it resulted in your son not being able to get a, an education in which your taxpayer dollars pay for. Is that correct?
2: Well, Part of what was so, yes, that is correct. But part of what was so frustrating about the situation for me was I had heard earlier in the week about other counties. And to be honest, I didn't even pay attention to what counties they were because it didn't affect me. So I just kind of rolled my eyes and moved on. That other counties were going to be closing. So they preemptively closed in in anticipation that something like this may happen. The problem with PG County is that they did not do this. So I did not find out that schools were going to be closed until 7.30 p.m. the night before they were going to be closed. So that, that was problem number one. Oh, I'm a single parent. I'm not the only one in the county. You know, there are numerous single parents out there in the county who I'm sure were scrambling at the last minute to try to find some kind of like backup care for their kids. Um, So number one, that's a problem. Number two, you know, the children missed a day of school. That's really not fair to the children because it, you know, that they have a right to be educated. I ha- I'm paying the teachers to educate my children through my tax dollars, so that's not right either. But the other thing that it did too, at least for my son, is that it disrupted his routine because mm-hmm. he is dependent upon having a regular routine, and he was doing really good the first part of the week. And then after he missed that day on Wednesday, he went back into school on Thursday and – um. He had a very poor day at school on Thursday because his routine was disrupted, um, so that was frustrating. Right.
0: So, Eric, I want you to. I mean, way in here, Eric. I mean, was oh, so I put up a Facebook status and it really, it really kind of blew up and became this massive thread where basically many of the many of my friends who I deeply respect, profoundly respect. We just have a fundamental difference in opinion. They're saying that, um, you know, one of my friends said, you know, we this country was founded on rebellion. However, um, when women actually go out and rebel, um, then, um, you know, it's not okay. And I, I'm paraphrasing here. But Eric, do you see this day as, as a rebellion to show that society cannot? possibly function without women, or do you see this as sort of a a different style? I mean, it, are we arguing over the method in which these women are rebelling, or are we arguing over the actual rebel? I, I, I don't, I don't well, know. Yeah. I don't know what to think of. The, the, the
1: answer is yes, because first off, it's not a rebellion. It was a temper tantrum. That's what it was, okay? Because <laughs> oh, in a rebellion, yeah. here's the thing. Okay, now <laughs> think about this, all right? Okay, Boston Tea Party. Let's use that as an example. Yeah. All right. The right. so rebels storm onto the boat They break a lock And they dump all the tea into the harbor What do they do the next day? They pay the captain for the lock Okay, That lock is the Second order consequence Of the rebellion The target of the rebellion was the tea But to get to it they had to break the lock So the rebels decided to make up For the consequences Of their rebellion That affected the innocent bystanders In the instance of International Women's Day, in PG County, all the teachers decided to call out and not go to work. So, yes, they had their little rebellion, but then they ignored the second-order consequences, which are exactly what Laura is talking about, about her son and having to find childcare, all this other stuff. Those are the second-order effects that these radical, misandrist feminists fail to acknowledge. Okay, That's what makes it a temper tantrum. Not a legitimate grievance or a cause. Okay, yeah. a, a a legitimate quote rebellion. understands that innocent people will be caught up in their actions. They do everything they can to mitigate collateral damage. Okay, collateral damage doesn't necessarily mean a, a building blowing up. I mean, like in this instance, it's having it's basically having six hours to find child care for your kid before everybody goes to sleep. Okay, so that is – but see, all of these it was seven thirty at night. on your spread, it's Yeah. Okay, so 12 hours. You had 12 hours to find child care. No, okay, you for, had
2: like three hours before everyone went to bed because by 7.30 a.m. the next morning, you're either calling out of work yourself or, you know, you have to have something lined up. Three. So, so there you
1: go, three hours. Okay. Okay. So see, that's the difference is all of these, these radical STEM fem Nazis – Okay, are sitting here saying, "Oh well, we don't care about the collateral damage. You know, this is it's worth it. You know, basically harming these children and preventing them from getting educated and harming these single mothers is totally okay because we are making a choice for them because they won't make the same choice that we're making."
0: Okay, it's completely absurd. Yeah. All right, and and just in another point, um, some some of the women on this massive Facebook thread said. Okay, take the you know you you had the option to take the day off or not take the day off, and then um I wrote a paste, a Facebook post on Wednesday that talked about the real heroes of International Women's Day, which I classify as my grandmothers, and just hear me out if you're listening to this, and I think this is i I hope I can make this salient point and give it the due justice it deserves. My grandmothers grew up um, in, you know, they were born in the 30s and 40s. Okay, so they grew up and lived and worked through really the women's rights era movement and the 50s, 60s, 70s, well into the 80s. My grandmother retired when she was in her early 60s, and she worked at a couple different companies. Um, and my grand, my other grandmother on my father's side um she was uh part of the cafeteria staff for one of the local elementary schools and look these are two of the hardest working women that i've ever known in my life they've never take you know they've never taken days off my grandmother or my mom's or my my mom's mom is was just a, always a brilliant woman um and you know until the last couple of years she's She suffers from from Alzheimer's, so she is not as sharp as she once was. And, you know, that comes with age. She's 84, and the dementia has hit her pretty heavy. Um, And she's not as sharp as she used to be. But nonetheless, she still has very lucid memories. My other grandmother, God bless her, Grandma Joyce, she's still working at 75 years old, Eric and Laura. She cleans houses. She can't stop working. And I would think, and I've asked them, I said, you know, I talked to them. And I said, would you take a, you know, would you take a day off to rebel against society, uh, to say, to show just how much society would miss you? And they thought, I mean, they honestly thought that that was nuts. That was nuts. They worked so hard their entire life to show just how important they are and func- and how important they are to the function of their responsibilities. And I said in my posting. They don't have time to be social justice warriors. And then another one of my Facebook friends came back and said, you know, now it's you know it's frowned upon or it's turned into a pejorative that social justice worker is a ne- – or a social justice warrior is a negative. And in this case, I really think so. I mean, come on. You're taking a day off to show how indispensable and how invaluable you are, yet you've worked and built a movement um, for women's rights, and yet you are – Snubbing your nose at all of your hard work and all of your all of the time spent exercising your right to be independent and vital to the workforce, that you snub it and say, Oh, well, now you guys don't need us, or and we're gonna show you just how badly you do need us. I think it's counterproductive. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Laura am I wrong? Do I sound like a crazy person?
2: <laughs> no. Um so it kind of reminds me of uh, this story from back when I was in high school. Okay. Because, you know, I was, a, I was a teenage girl once upon a time and I acted like your typical teenage girl. And I think I was like 16 at the time. And my parents decided that they wanted to take family vacation to Disney world that summer, because I have a sister who is 10 years younger. So she was six at the time. They wanted to take her to Disney world. Well, well, I was 16 and I thought I was too, too cool for Disney world. And so I wanted to go somewhere else really cool, like maybe a beach in the Caribbean or something. So I like, I thought like, okay, I'm going to lay down the law. I'm going to put my foot down Mm -hmm. and I'm going to rebel against my parents. And I'm going to demand that we not go to Disney world that summer because we needed to go somewhere else Uh that was more cool because at 16 I only had two more family vacations left until I went off to college.
0: Yeah. So
2: guess what my parents did? They went to Disney World and my butt stayed home with my grandparents sitting on the couch. My parents and took I a lot of those trips. I kind of look at it the same way. So, you know, what, what, what happened? I rebelled, but in the end, the only person I ended up hurting was myself. Because my family all went off and had a lot of fun on this family vacation, and I got left behind. And it's kind of a similar situation because, let's be honest, like, at the end of the day, who exactly did you affect? I'll tell you who you hurt. You hurt other single women, like other women in this situation, like other single moms who are also women. You hurt them in this situation. But let me ask you this you question. Even get, okay.
0: Just here's a question. One of my Facebook friends said, Ryan, it's just a day. It's just a day off. And they couldn't acknowledge, they, they failed to acknowledge how this day could truly affect or interrupt, as you said, your child's educational routine. You know, you get up every day in the morning um, and, you know, you Send them off on the school bus, or you drop them off at the front door of their school, and then you pick them up, or they go to after school care. And but it affects all of us because we have people that have to take off work, or that they have to find, you know, the extra sixty or seventy dollars in their budget for child care or they have to go. I mean, we're talking about these real life situations where you have to go knock on the neighbor's door and say. I have to go to work today, or I'm not going to get paid because I'm an hourly. You know, I'm on hourly salary, or I, I make hourly money. And uh, could you watch my kid? And I'll pay you this amount of. I mean, these are real life scenarios, and not everybody's grandparents are in walking distance or in drivable distance. And I, I just think that I understand the movement. I get what they're trying to accomplish but I think I challenge the method in which they, they did so. That's what I'm saying. I challenge the method.
2: I mean, I, I, I agree, too. It's not, it's not what they were trying to stand for as much as it is the way that they went about doing it. Because, yeah. again, at the end of the day, how effective was it? Because, I mean, t- to be honest, the women who, the women, you know, you have women that fall into different categories. You have women who went out and protested, but a lot of those women probably already have some kind of, you know, support at home. So, sure. you, I mean, what what was the purpose? Like, was the purpose to so that other women could hear it? Probably not. Um, my guess so, is that most women understand the point of the movement. My guess is that the idea was to get the men to hear it. But what men are you targeting? Because if you already have a supportive you know set of you know men at home in your life, son, husband, you know brothers, fathers, whatever, if you if those already exist in your life, then they they already get it. okay? If you don't, are you actually getting through to the men that you want to get through to or are they continuing on with their lives because to be honest their lives re- really aren't actually affected by the movement at all so the only impact that you've actually made on those men are the fact that you know they're they're side-eyeing you even more and looking down upon you even more for acting like children well,
0: i want to say this and 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 eric please feel free to jump in here you always do but i i just want to say that i I work for a company um, that is located in Rockville, and my the founder and CEO of our company is a retired Rear Admiral who served his entire life um, in both the business and financial world. Um, started several of his own businesses, and now um, started up a company for um, to serve veterans. And I am so proud every day that I get up and go to work to work for someone who is as classy. And who is as dignified and who has such vision in a startup company that he started at, in 2013, and we've grown precipitously um, in this last year. And I started working there in August, and it's been the, the experience of a lifetime. And and I just want to say that I look forward to going to work every day. And I, but I think, but I also understand that um, being that I work for you know in a structured organization in which um, I know that in the private sector, Eric and Lars, I am replaceable. So anybody could really come in and do my job. Um, and I, I mean I happen to think that I've, I've – I think that I've added value to my company and, and do my job. Um, I, I try to do my job every day with integrity, humility, and I try to give so much back to a company that has given a lot to me, but I know that if – is that if I if I told my boss I'm going to take a day off to show you just how indispensable I am to your workforce, if I came back the next day, and 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 I was go- like and he said I'm sorry your position has been eliminated where this is not working out, I would understand why he made that decision, right? <laughs> why would yeah, you tell how the a free company? works.
1: Like, exactly. That, I mean, how? That's the whole point. It doesn't matter how good you are. Okay, is f- quite frankly, like you're most likely expendable when it comes to the free market. Okay. It. I, I saw it. I saw it on a post. I, I think it was half. It's half joke. Okay. With this inner This whole like day without women protest was yeah. a perfect example of middle and upper class privileged white <laughs> female feminists who. They have the privilege of taking the day off, okay? They have the privilege of being able to do all this other stuff, and then they probably ended up sitting around Facebook complaining about the patriarchy, not realizing that the fact that they were able to take the day off is a sign of their own privilege, and so... What did they do all it? It's just a bunch... Hell, if I know, I mean... Did they write letters? At at least... Maybe they wrote letters, maybe they... I mean, maybe they had mimosas, I don't know.
0: (laughs) You know, did
2: they sit around with it? I read, like I read a similar, I read a similar article myself, and I completely agreed with the entire point that was brought across in that article. But I'll say this: I don't want to go into details about exactly where I work. Um, however, I do work in an environment that is a flexible workplace, so that mm-hmm. I know for a fact that if the women that I work with, um. Had requested a day off, it would have been granted um, with very little to no questions asked. Off of my own experience that I've had in the past, um, and I will like I will say this: I work in a STEM field, okay? So, mm-hmm. which is generally a man's world. However, of the seven immediate supervisors that I have above me, so seven seven people up in mm-hmm. rank. Five of those seven are women. Not a single one of them took the day off. I saw every single one of them at work on Wednesday, every single one.
0: Good. That's all. Well, I mean, I think that's great. And and I think the women who decide to take the day off and they say, well, we've earned this privilege. We're going to use our paid time off. And we've fought for these women's issues where we've fought for paid sick leave or we've fought for paid time off. So we're going to use that day to show our indispensable value to our company. I just don't see the logic there. Um, I want to understand it and I have an open mind and if somebody came on and dialed into the show at 646-716-5971 and schooled Eric and you and I on what we're missing, um, and I and I say this in in with 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 respect to all. And I mean that. And and I I hope I don't show any sort of ignorance to other people. And I, and I have an open mind, and if you can change my mind, fine. But I really think that this day without women thing is nice. It's a it's a nice, nicey, nice feeling, right? Oh, okay. Or this International Women's Day, fine. Let's celebrate our women and all their accomplishments. Um, look, I can tell you, Kim and Paige, they can multitask better and juggle things better than I could ever possibly dream of. Women can just do things that I could never possibly do. I mean – I got to do one thing at a time. Um and I mean the women in my life are truly amazing people. They've changed my life for the better. I appreciate them every single day and I don't know. But Eric and Laura, I want you to st- can you stay with us Laura or do you have to go?
2: No, I'm I'm multitasking. <laughs> okay. See?
0: There you go. Um, Eric, I want to talk about I want to segue and talk about another woman. Um we have a good friend that we know. Her name is Wendy Peters, and she is the current secretary, Maryland Secretary of Planning, and we um, we admire Wendy. We think that she is the true definition of a woman's woman and somebody who has risen up the ranks in municipal government, um, ran for office, and got truly railroaded um, back in 2014, but then again, she... Fared well and was appointed to be the undersecretary, and then ultimately the secretary of, um, I, I think it's planning, right, Eric? Am I wrong? It is planning, yes. It's planning, okay. yes. Planning. Okay. Now you're being you're a Frederick County resident, Eric. Tell us what is going on with Wendy Peters with the Senate Executive Nominations Committee.
1: Okay, so the short version is that every Democrat in the country is having a conniption, and doing anything they can to stop a Republican from doing anything, even something as simple as appointing a Secretary of Planning, okay, or a State Board of Education member, or whatever it is, okay? Basically, the Democrats in Annapolis are throwing a tizzy because, like, I guess they're throwing a tizzy because Hogan didn't vote for Trump or something. I I, I don't know, okay? <laughs> whatever it is, it's totally absurd, but basically they've decided to pretty much reveal their, um, incompetence and inability to be adults, um, throughout this entire process. They've been, uh, I tell you what it sounds like, it sounds to me from watching, I've actually watched a couple of hearings, um, and the grillings that the senators have given them. Um, it sounds to me like the senators are basically going into the department of planning and, um, talking to the employees and trying to dig information out of them, whether accurate or inaccurate. And then the senators are presenting that at the hearing as some sort of absolute fact. Um, There's been absurd accusations such as um, one of them is that uh, uh, Wendy Peters ordered spyware installed on all their computers. Um, There's Mm -hmm. been some other stuff about like, you know, having a dress code so that people can't wear jeans and a t-shirt every single day. Um, Oh my, imagine that. yeah, I mean, God forbid. There's been, you know, a lot of talk about how the office is now a professional workspace instead of like a, <laughs> a place to sit around and do nothing. Like people can't have, you know, like like they have to have cubicles that are clean.
0: Okay, it's a bunch of nonsense. Um, I've actually been working. So, um, the, so the spyware part is obviously
1: a, what intrigues me the most.
0: So Eric, we have someone who is a secretary who oversees the entire Maryland's Department of Planning. Who actually challenges government bureaucrats to do their goddamn jobs, right?
1: Um. Yeah. Basically. <laughs>
0: okay. All right. I just wanted to know. The, I just wanted dem- to
1: be sure yeah. I was on the right page. Yeah, and the Democrats are freaking out about it, and it's right. it's completely absurd. I've actually I have a whole I have a whole bunch of I have a couple of I have a PA request in right now to find out what this quote spyware is because as soon as I heard that, okay, so here's the thing: I heard they installed spyware on the computers. My first yeah. thought was as an IT security professional was, well, they better have spyware installed on the computers. Literally every single enterprise network that I've ever worked with has had something that could be characterized as spyware, okay? A remote administration tool, some sort of monitoring system, whatever it may be. You have to have that in an enterprise environment. That's how you manage the environment. The the VA, the Department of Veteran Affairs, they, I was, so a mutual friend of ours, I'm not going to say who his, na- his name, but he also works at the VA. He showed me the VA's, quote, spyware. They could actually see the wireless, the name of the wireless network that my VA laptop was connected to. Yeah. Okay. So this wasn't even – this, and the laptop wasn't even inside the VA network. It was at my house. Okay. So he popped up and showed me my home's Wi-Fi name. Okay. So – this sort of stuff is standard IT security practice. And here are the Senate Democrats freaking out about it. They were also freaking out about how her website had her Twitter feed on it. You know, so any time she tweeted, it would show up on her old campaign website. That was never disabled over the last two years. I mean, why bother? And they tried to pass it off like she had some sort of active campaign website. And it's like – I mean, these, you want to talk about Luddites, okay? This is why the Democrats are the party of anti-science. Okay, Because both of the things that I just presented are science. They are computer science by happenstance. And apparently, they are so anti-science, they can't just accept the realities of, this is how you manage a network. You have to have this sort of stuff installed on there. You have to, you know, like, like tw- just because tweets are being updated doesn't mean that yeah. she's actively campaigning for a position. Like, holy crap, people.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and then this so, is the worst. So, I would, so here's the thing, Ryan.
0: Yeah. I would
1: give them a pass except I believe um, some Republican senator, I can't remember who it was, might have been J.B. Jennings, um, a younger guy. Um, I mean, basically somebody, he was young enough to be the kid of the senators that were grilling her, um, Senator DeGrange and uh, the Beer Brother. Um, And like, he told them, like, yeah. And and he, and and I think it was J.B. Jennings, specifically said, no, no, that's just a Twitter thing. Like, that's not how this works. Tried to correct him, and they just ignored him. So this is – what's happening to Wendy Peters is Trump derangement system – or Trump derangement um, symptom. That's what's happening, and she's getting caught up in it for no damn reason.
0: Yeah. Do you think she gets through?
1: I sure hope so. I tell you what. Wendy's great, okay? And the reality is, is that she used to do planning when she was in Mount Airy. Okay, like so she does have the experience and the knowledge to actually be in this position to manage it. Okay. She knows enough about planning to be able to follow along and make the right decision. That's all you have to do in any sort of leadership position whatsoever. I mean, hell, how many secretaries of defense have we had that were never in the military? Okay. How many how many VA secretaries have we had that never had to go to a VA doctor? I mean, and some and there's some that were good and some that were bad. So Mm -hmm. obviously, there's no correlation, okay? (laughs) And so, like I said, basically the Democrats they're just being assholes because they want to be assholes, okay? That that's all that it is. Now, trust me, once I get the name of that so-called spyware back, I've got it. You've probably seen it already, Ryan, but I've got a big article about basically all of the anti-science that the Democrats have done over the last like two weeks when it comes to computers.
0: It's it's pathetic. (laughs) Well, we hope Wendy the best. We, we're we rooting for her. She's a, a fantastic steward of taxpayer dollars. She is a responsible overseer of um, her department, and uh, it's an important department, the Department of Planning. I mean, that sets forth a lot of our strategic goals in the upcoming years, and Governor Hogan would not have appointed her unless um, she was qualified. Um so, Wendy, we wish you the best. Uh we'll keep following your story. We're going to keep advocating on your behalf whether you want us to or not. But uh we're going to, you know, we're going to make sure that we push you. Um Eric, I want to talk quickly about um another one of the government the governor's appointments. Um you we this is not listed uh on our on our show highlights, but it, it was something that you and I had talked about offline and we talked about Brandon Cooper who the governor appointed to the state board of education and Brandon withdrew his nomination earlier this week or last week, I should say rather Um, the Senate executive nominations committee um, blasted Brandon um, because he had some, a few incidents in, in his past. Uh, I think one was some financial issues uh, with rent and one was a, a drunken driving incident and another one was something that I don't know. It was, it was just a few things
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and and he didn't have, I guess, a lot of experience with education policy. And Brandon is a, is a, is a tall guy. Uh, (laughs) he's an African American. (laughs) He's 28. He's from PG County. He's a, he's a wicked smart guy. I worked with Brandon on a campaign before and he's a really nice guy. Um, I don't know if he would have been the most qualified person for the State Board of Education and I'm not saying that it was even the right pick or if, you know, Governor Hogan, if I I don't know. I I don't want to get into the mind of the governor, but um he he's a good guy and they, you know, but the Democrats really came out and kind of demonized him, which I think was really unfair. But I know that's their job. They have to ask these stuff questions. They have to ask you about the past things that you've done bad in your life, and I've done bad things, and you've done bad things, and, Laura, you probably not have done bad things. But um, you're (laughs) – so um, I I, I just want to say that – Look, look, the
1: the whole situation – this is, again, just the same treatment that Wendy Peters got is exactly what Brandon Cooper got, okay, like – And and we've, we've talked about exactly this. Okay. So Brandon is three years younger than me. Okay. I'm 31. He's 28. Okay. The Senate committee, they were bringing up stuff that happened when he was 20, 22, 23 years old. And the problem is, is that when you think about it, he's 28 right now. So eight years ago, back in 2009, for somebody who's 60 years old, seems like yesterday okay, for him, there's going to be a ton of growth and maturity and becoming so. an adult, okay? So if you're going to complain about somebody not paying their rent in 2009 when they're 20 years old in college, okay, you know what? I guarantee you that the Beer Brothers did way worse shit than that when they were 20. Well, The only difference yeah. is, is that film hadn't been invented yet, so there's nobody to take a picture of it, okay? So here's <laughs> so, my
0: thoughts about that. I, I think that when you apply – when somebody – when you're appointed to a position of leadership like the State Board of Education, you have a real responsibility. That's a huge monumental feat that you have a responsibility to oversee policy that uh, – overlooking all 23 county jurisdictions of education as well as Baltimore City. That's a massive job, and you have to be prepared for it. Okay, Number one, I think you can make a case that um, Brandon – um, even though that he understands school choice, even though that he believes in all the same educational values that you and I share and maybe Lara shares as well, Eric, he may you could make a reasonable case that he wasn't the most qualified person that they could have selected. Nonetheless, I understand why Governor Hogan would have chosen someone like Brent. He's young. He's dynamic. He's vibrant. He has vision. And quite frankly, he would have probably been better on 95% of school choice issues than anybody else that they could have pointed to the state board of education outside of Laurie Halverson, who currently sits on the state board of education. Laurie Halverson and I work together in Change Montgomery County, and and she and I has ha- she she has epically schooled me on education issues issues that I didn't even completely understand. But I want to say that Brandon would have been good for education in our state. Now, when you go before these committees, they're going to grill you on your past. It's just inevitable. And it's going to suck because you're going to have to come out and tell all the bad things that you've done in your life. And if I had to sit through in the same seat, I would have blushed. I would have been embarrassed because there's things in my past that I'm embarrassed about. But nonetheless, I'm going to be open and honest. And Brandon ultimately withdrew from his nomination from consideration. And then you know, he sort of went out on this public relations tour basically saying his past doesn't define him. And I didn't really think he needed to do that because if people really look at Brandon, it, it, his entirety of his life, they're not going to judge him about, you know, a few of these incidences in the past because we all have them. But here's the main point is yeah, that. But, but they we did, have... Ryan. That's the problem. Oh, they I know. They did. They did. They judged him. And they demonized him. The and they demonized yeah, him. They de- and. Exactly. Yeah.
1: If I was him, I would have stood up there and I'd been like, okay, so, so what? So you're going to so say that I'm not fit because of what I did when I was 20 years old? I've been like, Senator, when you were 20 years old back in 1910, what did you do that was stupid? Like, honestly, I would have been
0: flippant, but maybe that's why I'm not an executive appointee. <laughs> well, I mean, Eric, he's okay. He went before a Senate committee, right? Okay. So you have – you have a sitting – Maryland State Senator, um, who is the chair of the Budget Taxation Committee, um, you know, before having to resign because of an ethics violation, right? And this guy is from—he worked for 25 years as an educator in the Prince George's County Public Schools, um, and then he—we're talking about Ulysses Curry, and he was elected to the House of Delegates in 1986. Laura, you might have heard about this guy because back in May. of May 29th of 2008, it was reported that the FBI, that, yes, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, searched Curry's District Heights home. They took documents related to his work as a consultant with some pharmacy, and then a grand jury, a federal grand jury, indicted this guy um, and a couple of other people for a corruption scheme. He was eventually acquitted, but then he was censured by the state senate in  … um, for ethics violations that was under that was uncovered during this said investigation. So he was criminally acquitted, but he still was hit with like massive ethics in invi- violation. So what I would have said if I were Brandon Cooper, I would have stood up there and said, "You guys are sitting up here asking me these questions. Fair? Okay, fine. We'll go there. I think it's fair. You can ask me about my past." But where are you guys coming down the line on your own Senate colleague who still sits in here, this chair, makes decisions on behalf of taxpayers, and was literally convicted or literally convicted of an ethics violation in this very body? And I've looked at them each in the face and said, fuck you, all of you. You want to come down (laughs) at me and judge me? You all could go fuck yourselves, and I hate to say that, and it's (laughs) not nice. Right, but it's right, and that's now why I, you're not an executive appointee either. No, because I, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. That's not very nice. I'm a, I'm a potty mouth, foul mouth hooligan, um,
1: <laughs> and, and a bleeding heart liberal. Don't forget that one.
0: Yeah, I'm a bleeding heart liberal. Liberal. I'm sorry, Laura. Did I offend you with my dirty mouth?
1: Uh,
2: I don't know. My sensibility is maybe somewhat offended.
0: <laughs> okay. It's, it's right. my, Everybody. it's my,
2: my feminine sensibilities. Everybody's Sorry.
0: offended. Everybody's offended. <laughs> I'm, I'm, somebody's going to come back and listen to this show in a podcast format, and then they're going to go on Facebook and the What's Happening in Hagerstown group, and they're going to say, Ryan Miner said this, he's a bad guy, he's a horrible person, and he eats his steak medium rare with uh, a fork and Worcestershire sauce. Um, so that's, that's my life. That's my life. It's um, so
2: animalistic of you.
0: Yeah, Eric, we talked about some some good women. We talked about a a noble, professional politician named Wendy Peters, but now we have to talk about a really bad um, person, like truly, just like a really bad person. Her name is Karen Harshman, and you are familiar with her, Eric. Oh
1: Oh, God, not again. Like, I thought she resigned (laughs) by now.
0: Yeah, she's like, she hasn't melted yet, and surprisingly enough, sulfur still rises when she enters a room. Um so Karen Harshman is the board of education I can't believe we're still talking about this. I, I this is going to go quick cuz I want to get off here. Um Karen Harshman is this board of education candidate or not a candidate but a actual member. I don't I, I can't believe I'm saying that. From She's Washington candidate Cal- for expulsion. Yeah, a candidate for being <laughs> for being embarrassingly expelled from the board of education. <laughs> Anyway, she made these ridiculous comments on her Facebook, accusing people without facts or evidence of being sexual predators. Anyway, she was brought up to, um, back at last November um, to for her dismissal at the at the board level. Um, anyway, an administrative judge recently heard this case on February the tenth. He ruled that there is grounds for dismissal, and then she's appealing it, and it's this long-drawn-out, protracted legal administrative battle that is wasting staff time and, most importantly, taxpayer dollars. That's most important. It's, and the Herald-Mail the, recently called on her to step aside and basically said, just step aside gracefully, and they even reported that she's wasted, Eric and Laura, up to twenty-two thousand dollars of taxpayer time which includes staff time uh the amount of time that it took to hire an attorney and so eric i'm trying to figure out a way that we could possibly sue karen harshman to recruit to recoup the money that we lost from her massive failure so i don't oh absolutely. i've been working absolutely i've been wor- absolutely yeah
1: somebody somebody like one of the county commissioners up there need to figure out how to do that Okay, yeah, Terry, Terry Baker, Baker, get on it man. get on that. Get that twenty-two thousand dollars back, and then like hell, I don't know, build a park and dedicate it to Karen Harshman for being stupid. Yeah, so. look,
2: I I mean, hasn't isn't it isn't it the case that um. You know, if you call like nine one one and falsify a claim, and they have to send out like police officers and an ambulance and a fire truck yeah. and all of this stuff comes out to your house for false, can't you be sued to pay the money to recoup the you know the, the county or the city or whomever right. like the so, expense shoot. that it cost?
0: I mean, that's that is a an absolutely logical analogous point, Laura. However, the. the the thing, the issue is, is that she is part of a corporate board. However, her, I mean, we have to figure out: is it the individual's action which entangles the entire corporate board, or is it the opposite of that? And I'm working with legal professionals, and and seriously, I'm crowdsourcing this um, to see if we could possibly find a way to come back at her and say, "You wasted our taxpayer dollars because you made a, an epic mistake." and which you haven't apologized for, you've taken no responsibility for, and you've wasted our time that could be spent better spent towards educating our kids. And here you are dragging this county through this embarrassing legal battle. And mark my words, Eric and Laura, she's going to be removed from the Board of Education in Washington County. It's just a matter of time, and now we have to go before the state board and hear these rebuttals, and she has this sleazy lawyer named Ira Cook who himself was punished for serious ethical problems um, as an attorney, as a former Annapolis lobbyist. She just picked – I mean just think of the worst attorney that you could find and then yeah. picked her
2: <laughs> I can't. Um, no. <laughs>
0: And, and multiply, multiply...
1: <laughs> say it, Laura, say it. Oh, yeah.
2: Did you guys see the pictures on Facebook of our good friend campaigning for his new county executive office down in Montgomery County?
0: I don't even want to Did think about... They, they had, had two reversible <laughs> <they>, cars.
2: Montgomery <laughs> County had their, must have had their, like, St. Paddy's Day parade celebration. So, it was like... Mm. All over my Facebook news feed. Robin Thicker, Ficker, Montgomery County's, you know, favorite – what was the exact word? Like Montgomery County's favorite candidate. That was the exact word. Montgomery County's favorite candidate because he's run for literally everything. it's, anyway.
0: it's Yeah, I, I, it's remarkable. Take Robin Ficker, multiply this by five or ten – and you would have the level of sleaziness combined between the three of them. And by the way, Eric and I have this fabulous picture of Robin Ficker standing next to a disheveled and uh, bedraggled-looking Karen Harshman that I use in every single article that I write about her. <laughs> Eric loves this picture, by the way. So, you know what It's doing. so <laughs> great. <laughs> and that was the picture. <laughs> the Wonder that yeah, it was the photograph of Karen Harshman standing next to Robin Ficker um, at early voting up in Washington County during the, um, the primary last year. And it's just it's, – it's a picture that will live in infamy, and I love this picture no. because it, it's just the best.
2: You know what you need to do? You need, you need to Photoshop goatees onto them and then call them the Wonder Twins in the <sighs> parallel universe.
0: Also <laughs> oh, oh, are
1: Earth three. They're Earth three of Harshman, Robin Ficker.
0: So anyway, we, we we have to figure out how we can get this taxpayer money back. And I just want to say this, and if you're listening Washington County, and I wrote about this yesterday and I'm gonna write more, but Eric, our Republicans, our fellow Republicans have let us down. None of them, none of them, Eric. Not the Tea Party. Not Ginger Bigelow from the Washington County Republican Club, not Jerry DeWolf, who's the head of the Republican Central Committee in Washington County, not Terry Baker, not Bill Weivel, not Neil Parrott, not any of the so-called fiscal conservatives up in Washington County have stood up and said, Karen Harshman, step aside on behalf of the taxpayer, and if not for the taxpayer, for the kids, Okay? Not one of them, Eric. I mean, this is a rallying cry. This is an issue handed to them on a silver platter that they could have rallied behind, but they haven't done a thing about it. And I don't understand why. I just don't understand why. Can you figure out Washington County politics, Eric?
1: No, this is the, the whole. This,
0: especially when it comes to the
1: school board, I, I don't. I don't know what the hell's going up on up there. I mean, look, Ginger's great. I like Jerry. You know, I don't have a problem with Terry Baker either. But I think I mean I, I think this is one of those this, I, I I do feel like they are putting politics ahead of principle on this yeah. issue especially this is a really principle like, issue yeah to me this is this is a pretty cut and dry issue in my opinion I mean she's she basically said some she said some stupid stuff that freaked parents out and she <laughs> did it because for, for who knows why she did it okay maybe she's trying to she score political points or some crap there you go she's a mean person okay. <laughs> so let's just go with that. She's a mean person. All right. But I think that they're, I think they're doing that toe the party line um, type thing up there, Um, you know, and it's, and so I don't necessarily agree with it. Okay. But I do, I really wish they would take a principled stand on it. I, I think that, I think that it would actually do a lot of good for Washington County just overall, if they basically just said, look, you know, Hey, you know, you're a republican but we cannot support you anymore you've been She's not a republican. She's a democrat. Oh, is she a democrat? Then what the fuck? Just She's a liberal democrat. Put her in the frying pan, Jesus. Like why well, that's why annoying. the hell aren't they saying I thought I thought she was a republican.
0: No. Okay, well, the point is she... that this is an issue that was has landed in their laps that is you know, put it in a pan, fry it with butter and then serve it up cold. Okay? And then put it in the refrigerator and serve it up cold because this is an issue that all of them could rally behind. And they could say, you have wasted taxpayer dollars. You have lied to parents. You have caused a mass hysteria. You have a mandatory responsibility to report any sexual abuse, and you failed to do that. And not only that, you have failed to take any responsibility, and you have not yet apologized to students, parents, and other teachers of which you were falsely accused. Now – the, the icing on the cake is, you're a liberal Democrat, and we can play politics and actually go after you. And none of them have done it, Eric. None of them. None of them. And that's what maybe they're irks waiting
1: me. until 2018 to making an election issue. I mean, now that's a stupid strategy, but maybe maybe that's what they're thinking. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't would, even think. Man, I, I I'd be using I'd be using this to get rid of every single liberal Democrat on the school board. I mean, it, geez, it, and if this happened in Frederick County, like I I couldn't I would be yep. giddy. Like I would literally prance through a field of daisies like uh-huh. singing the songs from The Sound of Music. because okay? yep. uh-huh. It would just be too easy after that.
0: Something is happening in Frederick County, Eric, and it also happened through a digital form of communication, something that we know as email. And we'll wrap up the show, and I want you to walk us through the latest Frederick County Council scandal email screed.
1: Oh, yeah. So this is great. Okay. So um, basically, there's an issue. Everybody knows where Urbana is. Urbana has been developed a whole lot recently. Tons of people are moving there. Um, However, when they first developed the plan for Urbana, they had included a lot of like commercial space. Um, It turns out that now like, you know, what? five, ten years later, after the original development plan was created, whatever it was, that basically they don't need as much commercial space in Urbana. So the developers are trying to rezone um, three different sections of Urbana um, and change into basically more houses or more housing-type units, okay? Uh, Frederick County Council ended up voting it down. Um, none None of the council members actually gave a real good reason why. The closest that I got was that they, the developers submitted one application for these three plots of land and the three plots of land were not contiguous. Okay, hmm. they were all basi- basically it's it's three plots land on the outskirts of the newly developed areas of Urbana. Okay, so yeah, but, to, but this my logic has been if I had a trebuchet and I put it on the corner of one of these three plots, I could hit the other two plots with that trebuchet. So to me, it's close enough. Just take the one application and make it easy. Right? However, basically, um, there, um, Councilwoman MC keegan um decided mm-hmm. to go on this like rant against um, Councilman Kirby DeLotter, uh, essentially complaining about using a bunch of um, uncivil and rude language to talk to him. Now, here's the uh, thing. Huh? You and I both know. We were just talking about this earlier. We don't... Really care. I mean, Kirby DeLotter is not a saint when it comes to like you know politically correct language. Okay, we all, and that's we love, <laughs> we Kirby all know. DeLauder. Yes, okay, but here's the pro- This is my problem with it. I don't care that K- that MC is talking like this, but I do care that her and her supporters complain nonstop about Kirby Delotte and Billy Shreve talking in that exact same manner. And then when she turns around and does the exact same thing, they are silent. There has not been a word. Every single liberal nutbag in Frederick County has been mum on the issue because they know that, because so they've been quiet because they know that they've just boxed themselves into a corner. Okay, so at least there's that. But the point is, is that you can't sit around preaching civility and talking about how everybody needs to sing kumbaya and get along and then turn around and behind the scenes, when you don't think anybody is watching, to engage in this sort of behavior, okay? I mean – and I also learned that MC keegan is a, a fan of Archer because she had a ton of Archer references in her email as well. <laughs> so I thought that you, was interesting.
0: Eric, do you, do you think that the, the council folks up there in Frederick County, do, do they, are they reading a minor detail? I know that Brunswick City Councilmen are.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, they get, uh, yeah, you know, Harry Lashley gets email alerts whenever we post something. Um, so really? we got some pretty diehard. Yeah, yeah, we got some pretty diehard followers up there. That was in the PIA that I submitted when I sh- when I um about the. Oh, uh, that's,
0: the well, that's what I meant. Uh, but do you think the, yeah. the county council folks that are on the council? Do you think they're reading this stuff? Do you think they're reading? I mean, that would be that would sort of be a uh, a compliment to us. Not that well, we I need. I
1: do it, know that a lot of. I do know that the county executive, um, I think she might actually have one of the, uh, I think she might have a police officer following me around all the time because she is, she does a, she talks about me a hell of a lot. Um, Are you serious? usually people, friends for some reason. You're and
0: talking usually, about Jan Gardner.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, you me- remember, uh, I think I told you after, um, you weren't there. Um, I told Laura about this though. When, uh, uh, during the, during election day, um, they, like the former uh, Brunswick's former mayor Karen Tome was complaining about me at the polling place in Urbana, yeah. one of the, the Hober's volunteers. So of course the first thing they did was told me, and I got a good chuckle out of it. But uh, apparently Jan Gardner, I know that um, Janice Spiegel, her education consultant, listens to the show all the time.
0: Oh, well, that's nice. Um,
1: you know, but I, really, what I was, I was, I was actually, <laughs> you know, I need, to, I need to get back up to the ca- county council meeting and just let them know that I'm still around. Um, but no, I mean, essentially the whole point of the story is that, you know, like we can sit here and complain about, you can complain about Kirby Lauder being a jerk, okay? Sometimes he is. I don't have a problem with it because I'm kind of a jerk myself. But don't mm-hmm. run around on your horse pretending that the Democrat Party of Frederick County is any more, is, is, any, is any nicer because they're not. The only difference you mean- is they create a paper trail.
0: You mean one political party who suddenly takes, uh, who believes they're morally superior than the other? Oh my, that's a <laughs> that's not an uncommon <laughs> shibboleth. Yeah, but, of,
1: exactly. But if you're gonna if you're gonna sit here and say I don't want I don't support Kirby Lauder because he's a jerk, then those exact same people need to start saying I don't support M. C. Keegan Air because she's a jerk. Like, yeah. it's simple. You cannot support if you support one and not the other, then. Because of their personality, then you're just a hypocritical moron.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I there's there's so many wild things that we're going to cover, um, in local politics, and we'll keep an eye on for you. We're we're the watchdogs. We're going to try to do our best to cover as much gossip and political information in Maryland um, throughout the 2018 cycle. Eric's got you covered, and please, Eric. Um, tell people where they can find your terrestrial radio show. Oh, yeah, of
1: course. Um, so Facebook page, Thor at 4. Um, you can listen to me Wednesdays from 4 to 6 p.m. on your drive home. You can listen via um, – broadcast is on 1450 a.m. You can listen on the website, wthu.org, or you can listen on a tune-in radio on your mobile phone as well. So
0: yeah. I, um, I wanted to, to – we haven't been on the air for two weeks, but um, our our friend Joe Stefan, who was recently passed away, a good friend of our show, a frequent guest, um, passed away at the very young age of fifty seven, I believe. Um, his fifty eighth birthday was, um, I believe, in the first week of of March, and uh, I wanted to just dedicate this show to Joe because you know Eric and Laura. Joe Stephan would have had plenty to say about this International Women's Day, and he would have been hilarious saying it.
1: Yeah, you know, I, whenever I hear a story, I keep, I, I'll, I'll admit, I keep thinking like, man, like, I would have really loved to see the, uh, you know, the, the Joe Stephan's post about this. Oh,
0: uh, I, I miss him so much, and I, I just, it's still hard to believe that he left us so soon. But uh, wherever he is, um, I'm sure he's looking down and, um. Probably not listening to this show, but maybe having a glass of some alcoholic beverage and uh, sitting back and enjoying himself. But uh, this was a great show. I had a lot of fun tonight. Um, I'm sorry if my cursing offended anyone who is listening. It's not (laughs) normally me. Um, But I feel feisty, and I feel that I can take some flexibilities and leniency. After all, Eric, this is Internet radio. I mean, it's it's not (laughs) – I'm not going to – we're not um, going to be punished by the FCA or the, I'm sorry, the FCC, pardon me, but one of those government acronyms that control our lives and um, take our money and use our taxpayer dollars for ungodly reasons. Um, so Laura, Hey, thanks for calling in and thanks for being part of our show tonight.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been fun.
0: You call in anytime you're uh you're always welcome to be on this show at any time, and we love hearing your opinion. So, with that, Eric, do you have anything else that we could add to this um, this Sunday night show?
1: Uh, yes, I got three things. Number one, right. Iron Fist <laughs> is coming on Netflix on Friday. Laura's going to be All binge right. watching it next weekend. Number two, um, the new Wonder Woman trailer is out, and it looks amazing. Number three, taxation is theft. Oh,
0: okay. You you stole my number three. But, uh, oh, and folks, tomorrow, if you take the DC Metro, which is already completely screwed up beyond what I think is repair, um, it's shutting down tomorrow at 4 o'clock p.m. in anticipation of um, Winter Storm Stella or something. I think that's what they're calling it. I don't know. It's Winter Storm something, but it looks well, it's like. it's got to be named
2: after a woman.
0: Yeah, see? That's, that's sexist. <laughs> it's, 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 maybe it's Ryan. <laughs> Wednesday will be Wednesday will be International Day with <laughs> without a woman's snowstorm. <laughs> um, no. Anyway, uh, enjoy the, I guess, the impending days off of work. I will be working. Eric will be working. So it won't really matter. And Laura, I don't know if, if the snow would affect you going to work, but um, if you get a day off, a, a true snow day, then um, perhaps you could use that in, uh, in in steed of the International Women's Day that you went to work on.
2: Yeah, now I'll be uh, working from home like the rest, y'all. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> All right, so with that, folks, um, I will wrap up this show. Thanks for listening. This will be a podcast. Eric and I have a blast doing it. Um, this is a minor detail. You can find this on the web at aminordetail.com, where Eric and I share all of our written thoughts, uh, and we encourage you to read it. And this is where we share all of our audible thoughts at slash a my- minor detail. So enjoy your week, and I hope it's a successful one. Thank you. Bye.